You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello all, Eric Rivenis with the Most Notorious Podcast here. Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers and have a safe tomorrow. In 2022, All is Interesting published more than 300 news stories covering stunning archaeological discoveries, shocking crimes, strange animals, and scientific breakthroughs. But of everything we published this year, certain stories stood out to us, the people who wrote them. And today, we're going to dig into our favorite news stories of the year, from the kangaroos that overran an Australian town to the discovery of the Oregon shipwreck that might have inspired Goonies, and many more. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by digital publisher All of Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world's past. I'm All of Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. And I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Austin Harvey. Today we're discussing some of All That's Interesting's most fascinating news stories of 2022. We're going to start our discussion today talking about some of the animal stories we've covered this year, of which there have been quite a few weird, delightful, bizarre ones. And the first one today uh, is going to be about kangaroos. So in 2022, there's this very small town in Australia called Maroom. It's only 220 people in it. And this year, it suddenly got overrun by 60 to 80 kangaroos. They're just like everywhere. And kind of terrorizing residents, they attacked a couple of people. Um, one kicked a, an older woman, like knocked her down. I think she broke oh, a no. bone. Yeah, oh, no. not good. <laughs> it's it's really not it's good. some like it's some uh, kangaroo jack style stuff going on yeah. in Australia, which is cr- right. It's so funny when because we have a we had a couple stories like this this year mm-hmm. that were like animals terrorizing towns. Um, cause we had this one, we had the monkeys in Japan. Oh yeah. I wrote one yesterday about turkeys. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I know I wanted to do like a special mention about that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kangaroos yeah. probably, I mean, I guess monkeys are probably the worst. Kangaroos are a close second though, because they're big. <laughs> they're big and they kick and they can be aggressive. This was unusual because usually aggressive kangaroos are male and these were all female kangaroos, usually with oh. babies and they'd been drawn. There had been like uh el nino weather so everyone's lawns were like more overgrown than usual mm. and the people who hadn't cut their lawns there were just kangaroos suddenly everywhere just like hanging out and enjoying all the grass so that was a that was a problem for this town this year <laughs> yeah crikey, crikey. So sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> um the one fun fact i learned from this is like people have very rarely died from kangaroo attacks there's only one before this article and then right after the article came out, someone else died. So there have been like two in the last 100 years. That's oh. good. Kangaroos yeah. aren't so it was that dangerous, I suppose. One from before this and then one in this case who died? It wasn't a kangaroo from this town. It was a kangaroo in Australia. Okay. Um, someone had been keeping it as a pet and it attacked him and killed him, but unrelated to this small town. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. I wrote a post earlier this year about pets that turned on their owners. So that's, I, the, I guess the, you know, the takeaway lesson there, don't keep pets that aren't pets, right? Like mm-hmm. no wild yeah. animals. Were all the pets in your post wild animals? Were there any like dogs or? Um, one woman who actually uh, lived like 20 minutes from my house, uh, she mm-hmm. had a bunch of wolf dogs. So they were not oh. totally wild, but like definitely she had nine of them. That was like way too many. She got numbered, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. one was a farmer who got eaten by his own pigs. Oh. So. Huh. I guess yeah, pigs I, I don't think of as being like very aggressive. No, but I always forget that they eat meat, which. Oh, do they? I know that. Yeah, they're omnivores. So oh, that'll do okay. it. I guess I've read or written stuff about like serial killers in this job who've gotten rid of people by feeding them to pigs, but they were already dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a trope too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Um, anyway, the kangaroos didn't eat anyone. They didn't kill anyone. <laughs> they did attack a couple people, but they weren't as, as dangerous, I guess, as other animals could be. Yeah. Could it be? It could always be worse. It could always be worse. And then the kangaroos aren't the only things taken over, as uh, we said. But this one, this next story is a little bit lighter because um, no one's actually under threat. But mm-hmm. it's a, a group of um, polar bears in Kolyuchin. Um, it's an old Soviet island that used to house a like an outlook facility. Mm-hmm. And it's been abandoned since the Soviet Union fell apart. So what was like early 90s, 92? Yeah. And this wildlife photographer just happened to be on his way elsewhere to take photos of polar bears and stopped on Kolyuchin because of the weather and found that all these polar bears had moved into this old weather station. <laughs> God, can you imagine? But yeah, I mean, I saw the photos that the guy took. Um, mm, and I'm sure those are incredible. Well. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's such a funny sight to see because, like, bear. I mean, bears tend to get into open bi- buildings all the time, or like cars and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But it'd be it definitely be an interesting sight to see to roll up on an island that you think is abandoned right. and just see a bunch of polar bears living inside these old buildings. Yeah, it's like the buildings themselves are already so kind of like eerie, just being empty and these, you know, cement yeah. and the snow and everything. And then the bears were like looking out windows and standing in doorways. Really cool. A cool yeah. sight. And I love the detail in the story that like he was going to a different island or something and he had to go to this island. Right. And what he found there. That's so cool. And the fact that he was already trying to find polar bears to take pictures of. So it <laughs> yeah. was like a very fortuitous situation there. I was really lucky. Yeah. And luckily no one, you know, got attacked by the polar bears. The story just has a happy ending, which is always which <laughs> is rare for us. Photos out of it. He did say something in the article with photographer where he was like, Well, I think people will disappear anyway, and like this is the future. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to throw in one so, little nihilistic. Refer- tidbit one little nihilistic yeah he's russian though you can't blame him there we go yeah all right well our next story is an animal that did attack uh and this was one of the weirder stories i think i wrote this one this year and it was strange so so the story is that this this woman was collecting water in india and an elephant appeared and trampled her to death and that's already kind of weird because elephants are generally pretty gentle and they won't attack humans unless they're provoked um but then the story got even weirder because uh, you know a, a little while later her village was laying her to rest and she was on a funeral pyre and the elephant reappeared. He brought some friends and they attacked the pyre and they knocked her <laughs> off the pyre. And then they attacked like a bunch of houses, including hers. And they just disappeared. 
And like everyone was flabbergasted because elephants just don't usually behave this way. So the only explanation they could come up with was like something, for some reason, they associated her with something terrible that had happened to their herd or to an elephant or something. And just when they they caught her scent again, they couldn't resist racing in. And I think this is like one of my favorite stories (laughs) just because it's it's just like it's I mean, it's sad, right? It's tragic, but it's so funny because it's like it's not even that like. This woman got trampled and then that happened to be passing by more elephants at her funeral. It's the same elephant. Right. <laughs> really had it out for this woman who was, she was like old too, wasn't she? She's like, yeah, sixties or eighties. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's weird. You wonder like, what did they think that she had done or what had she done to provoke right. this? Because everyone was like, no one had any idea. There wasn't like, she was a known elephant abuser or anything right. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in a past life. They were maybe, <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> um, finally got his. He's been hunting for years. He's finally found her and he finally took her got down. her. Yeah, right. I want to read the story from the <laughs> elephant's perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the one like had sad detail from the whole story is like as humans like develop more and more, they are encroaching into animals' habitats. So this is happening more than it has in the past. Um, not in always like as dramatic ways, but humans and animals are clashing more and more yeah sadly yeah and there's a lot worldwide that's kind of going on with elephants i know even like um i want to say in thailand they there's like a just big pushback against using elephants in the tourism industry i don't know how much Mm. that's affecting india as well but yeah people just not treating elephants so hot these days yeah it's so sad because they're so smart and yeah and beautiful and everything yeah yeah and like you said, generally pretty gentle, except for these. I mean, I, this wouldn't be news <laughs> if it was something that always happened. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're gentle until they have a reason to not be gentle. But who knows what yeah. happened in this case? Uh, it's a very weird mystery. Yeah. Uh, I At least the elephant, the elephant's okay, I I think, right? As far as we know, yeah. As far as we know, he's just Ran keeping back on, keeping the on. Woods. Yeah. <laughs> to attack another day, yeah. now we get to talk about the humans yes most dangerous animal of them all the most dangerous game man <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah obviously you know there's going to be a lot of stories every year about people and the strange people and the messed up people and the things they do mm-hmm. but what's what's kind of cool about this first one is this news story isn't it's weird it is it's a recent news story but the events are not recent right, yeah because, yeah um and without you know not to bury the lead, this 101-year-old guy, his name was Joseph Schutz, used to be a concentration camp guard. So he's mm-hmm. an ex-Nazi, very old man. And they finally convicted him as an accessory to over 3,000 murders, uh, which I think also wow. made him the oldest person to be charged with crimes relating to the Holocaust. Wow. Like reading this story, he he like adamantly denied that he had anything to do with this. And they were like, well, like here's your name and... They're like, it matches your birthday. They always evidence yeah. against him. And it just made me wonder, like, if you're 101 years old, you don't have that much time left. Is there no part of you that wants to be like, yes, I yeah. did this. And, you know, I'm and I'm sorry. Or I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. I guess it's something that's so, like, there's so much shame, especially in Germany and, like, hatred and everything. Like, that could be a, I don't know, 
I just thought it, it was interesting that he's so old and he was still like, nope, but that wasn't me. Yeah. That was like very clearly him. Right. I could get 20 years removed from the Holocaust if someone brought it up to him being like, no, I I didn't have anything to do with that. Because like, yeah, one, there's the shame. You don't want to be tied to it. But also like, I don't know if you're 50 year old ex-Nazi, you probably don't want to admit to being a Nazi and then spend the rest of your life in prison yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, when you're 101, it seems kind of inconsiderate to not... I, I you, you think with, what, 70 years almost since that eventually you'd start to reflect and be like, hmm, yeah. yeah, maybe I should at the very least, like, not that you can make amends for it, but, you know, acknowledge it and be like, yeah, I, acknowledge what it, I did yeah. was wrong. Instead, he just continued yeah. on denying knows what it. his like politics are or anything. Well, yeah, but that's... it does seem like in Germany there's you know such a an effort to like remember and acknowledge and everything more than right. other places sometimes and yeah a very weird an angle of the story that was interesting too is that like Germany wants to prosecute these people even though they're in their 90s or 100s because mm-hmm. this generation is like dying out so now is the only chance to A, you know, get some justice, but B, just, you know, keep these stories, um, to tell these stories at, yeah. at every angle. So, yeah. Well, I guess our next story is a little, it's more uplifting, but it's not uplifting at first. <laughs> it starts yeah. It starts as an injustice. So this is a story about a family in LA, a Black family who in the 1910s bought this beach, um, Manhattan Beach. We called it Bruce's Beach because it was bought by Willa and Charles Bruce. And they, they opened basically a resort for like black people in, in LA. And they had, you know, beach towels, people come and hang out in the sand and everything. And even then they faced a lot of harassment from their neighbors and the police and even the KKK. Uh, the police would do things like they would put like no trespassing signs or parking only 10 minute signs around so that it would just like intimidate people. Mm-hmm. And then the city of Los Angeles used eminent domain in the 1920s to take the beach away. Um, and the Bruce family at the time asked for a certain amount of money. They got very little of what they asked for. And the properties like sat empty for years and years and years, decades. Oh, so they didn't even like convert it into another beach or anything. Mm-hmm. They just took the land and were like, nope, can't have that anymore. Yeah, not until the 1950s. Uh, and then they, they made it into a park. But uh, yeah, cool it was just like Los an open Angeles. wound for their family. Mm-hmm. Um, the good part of the story is that this year it was decided to give the land back to the family. So now it's back in the Bruce family's hands, which is great. Yeah. Um, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. The family said, you know, this is a really great step in the right direction and everything, but they also pointed out taking the beach away, you know, robbed the original owners of their American dream and also right. robbed the family of generational wealth of having a slice of Manhattan beach for a hundred years. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. a good story now, but ugh. Yeah, well, and I see here too. It says that they're going to be leasing it back to the city for like what four hundred over four hundred thousand dollars a year. So yeah, yeah, they missed out on general generational wealth, but they have it now. Yeah, Uh, so I mean, they're leasing it for now. I I guess there's they might eventually sell it, but that's yeah, their decision for now. It's back in their family, which is what they've wanted since it was taken away. Yeah, are the the people who originally bought it? They're they're probably not around still, right? They're like. Yeah. No, it's their Damn. yeah, their ancestors. Well, that's... yeah. But speaking of ancestors, <laughs> say to <Gwaitor. Okay>. Ooh, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, nice transition. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. This next story. Um, this one's fun. <laughs> An Indian couple sued their son and his wife, 
uh, for $650,000 because they wouldn't give them a grandchild. Hmm. I actually just did this one for the uh, news roundup story on the site too. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is exactly what it sounds like. Um, this Indian couple named Sanjeev and Sandana Prasad were upset that after being married for six years, their son and his wife hadn't yet had a kid. They argued that they spent $257,000 to raise their son, that they paid for his pilot training in the U.S., arranged his marriage, and financed the wedding, all in the hopes that he would one day provide them with a grandkid, <laughs> which he has not done yet. And wow. they sued him on the grounds of mental harassment. Wow. <laughs> which is... I think the funny thing about this story to me, and maybe this is a very American perspective, but when the story is written, at least, he's... The son is 35 and his wife is 31. Yeah. And just feels like still pretty young to like, I know they've been married for six years, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And it'd be one thing like if she was approaching an age where it was like sort of dangerous to think about having children again, mm -hmm. which at this point is like, I feel like you're good into your like mid forties now with modern technology. Yeah, I'm, she has but time. I'm not a woman. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, putting that out there. But yeah, it's like, I mean, she still got, she was 25 when they got married. Yeah. I don't, I'm 26. So I, you know, I'm not thinking about it yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I thought that detail was kind of interesting, but maybe it's just culturally a bit different where you marry yeah. younger and are kind of expected to start a family right away and everything. Yeah. And Indian culture kind of pushes those values very early on. Like you're going to, it's very traditional in a sense, like, you're going to have children and raise a family and take care of your elders. I think there's mm -hmm. even a law that says like retired parents or like elderly parents are allowed to collect basically a monthly allowance from their adult children. So wow. there is definitely a cultural divide between this, which affects yeah. our perspective, but it is still like, they're really upset about the grandkid thing, but I <laughs> guess $650,000 makes it better. Like, I think I feel like that's just like a threat to be like, if you don't do this, you know, I, that's probably what it is. Yeah. yeah. And they seem like just reading the article and the things that parent like they're just like so depressed, like they feel like their lives have no meaning because they don't have a grandchild and everything. Yeah. Ugh, like, a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, hey, you did have a kid. So like, right. If that's, still around. Yeah. If that's something you're concerned about, like you had the kid. They just didn't have a kid. So finally, we're going to talk about some of the coolest discoveries that were made this year, which we covered quite a lot of um, for our news articles. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about in this section is uh, this shipwreck that was found in Oregon, which people say inspired the Goonies. So full I've never actually seen the Goonies. So You've never seen the Goonies? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, man. I haven't seen it in years, but I think I quote it definitely weekly. It's a great movie. So I haven't seen The Goonies, but I grew up near Seattle and we used to, stuff would wash up on the beach during my parents' house all the time, like little pieces of porcelain and stuff. So this oh, story is yeah. really interesting to me. 
Yeah, we've t- like my mom has like, just, like jars and jars of it. Wow. Yeah, the story is about this town in Oregon, Manzanita, where people have been finding stuff like that blue and white porcelain and beeswax, especially washing up on the shore for centuries, which had all sort of inspired this rumor that maybe there had been a shipwreck at some point. So this year, they finally determined that these timbers that were found in a beach cave did, in fact, come from Asia in the 17th century and thus probably belonged to a ship that had wrecked off the coast. And they figured out just by looking at like historical data of ships that had gone missing, that it was probably this one Spanish ship that had gone missing in the 17th century. And it was carrying, among other things, like beeswax. So they think this is it. Yeah. So is the beeswax, is is it in honeycombs still? And that's what's washing up? Or is it just like... Like big chunks of wax. I think there's a photo of someone like holding it and um, there might be like a stamp on it or something. Um, okay. that we found yeah. in the 1950s. I was just, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is literally just like a big, that, I mean, that's massive. That's the size of his torso. Yeah. Big old wow. chunk of beeswax. So, that's so cool. anyway, the story goes that like this was just, you know, local legend in Oregon for so long. And Steven Spielberg knew about it and wrote a story, which is what the film is based on. Um, huh. Yeah, so they're kind of keeping an eye out for the full shipwreck, but they don't know if they'll ever ever find it. Like maybe the ship is just in pieces and yeah, washed away. But that could be yeah, cool if they found more pieces. Yeah, I wonder if like <laughs> you just get enough pieces just to build a new boat at this point. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. The timbers were like so hidden in these beach caves that they had to. It was like a really delicate operation to get them out because the tide was just like rushing in, and they for some reason they were worried about. Um, they had some timing things. They they rushed to get them and they had to like swim it out. I think on like a jet ski to get the timbers out and everything to examine them. Oh, wow. So they're wow. very difficult to access, but yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so, like, it's yeah. so neat, dude. Like 17th century, I mean, 1600s. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that any of that's. It's amazing that it's washing up now. I think is what's really interesting about so it. So part of it did wash up. Like back in the day, they said there was like legend that you would be able to see part of a ship from the river, and then in a sense like washed back out into the ocean. So mm-hmm. I think it's just sort of like made its way into these caves over the years, and probably gotten covered by sand, and the tide would take the sand back out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. I love shipwreck news, though. It's always so sort of like eerie and fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Shipwrecks are. I don't even know the word for it. Eerie's right. There is something just like like extra creepy about shipwrecks. That, yeah. Like you could be like, oh, they found a you know remnants of, from a plane crash, and I'd be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, shipwreck. I think because for so much of history, that was how things moved and transported. So it's like, right. It could be from yesterday, or it could be from six hundred years ago, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. way cooler than like a plane. I think it's because we all grew up with like the Titanic and just these images of the Titanic and the story and everything. And by the story, I mean like the film. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I think for me, I was like, Oh, that's so cool and weird and, and terror. Like one of my like worst fears probably being a shipwreck and be like stuck in the open ocean and everything. Yeah. So I think that's relatable. And, and then just these undersea images of, you know, wrecks like the Titanic that are so well preserved. It's just so like, oh God, it's so easy to imagine like people yeah. being on that ship. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all like legends like the Flying Dutchman and, mm-hmm. and ghost ships and stuff. So there is a little bit more like folklore surrounding it also. Yeah. Yeah. The sea's a mysterious place. Yeah. Another, I, I can't segue. <laughs> 
I, <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> another interesting thing that has sunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Not good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in China, a group of spelunkers went in, they found this sinkhole. It is 630 feet deep, over a thousand feet long, um, about 500 feet wide. And they climbed to the bottom of it and found uh, an entire forest with um, what they said, ancient trees and shade plants. Mm. Uh, the word that they used for it was Tian Kang, means heavenly pits. But yeah, I mean, that's crazy. That's like, so Wild. is the last thing you expect to find at the bottom of a big hole in the ground is a forest. <laughs> well, it's interesting because in China, there's like, there's a ton of sinkholes like this, like, right. especially in this region, apparently there's a bunch. And it's insane. Like the photos in this article, at least when we wrote it, it was, there weren't any photos, I think, of this, that sinkhole, but there were photos of other sinkholes in China. And they're like incredible because you're like, yeah. the perspective is you're at the bottom of the sinkhole looking up at the sun, but there's all these like trees and stuff around you. It's so weird um, and very like yeah. magical. Yeah. And they said some of those trees, if I'm, I'm working from memory here, but they said they were like 130 feet tall. Yeah. So that sounds right. I, yeah. Yeah. It's been mean, growing, growing. Yeah, I grew up, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I'm still in Pittsburgh. Trees don't get that big here. Doesn't happen. Ancient I, trees. Yeah, like how big are the trees in the redwood forest? As that's do a good you, question. You know Probably the top <laughs> I wish I did. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'll do, give it a quick Google. Okay, they go 300 yeah. feet. So that's all that's right. Big, hmm. but even half of that is still a tall tree. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're pretty protected being in a sinkhole over humans can't get at them and yeah top them down or anything yeah what i'm curious about too is and i don't i don't think they really even talked about it they ever everyone focused on the trees and the um the, like other plants and stuff I, are there animals mm-hmm. down there too i'm is, there must be yeah i think so yeah it'd be, that's it, it's so it's like an oasis but under the ground mm-hmm. yeah so it's so i don't know i like this this idea there's like hidden places around the world I think it's cool. Unexplored places. Yeah, especially like it's just it's so hard to think of anywhere on Earth that we haven't been now. Like Mm -hmm. when you really think about it, it seems like such a small planet. And especially given that like most of it's ocean, that's always the part for me Mm -hmm. that I'm like, yeah, I mean, we don't know what's down there. So when stuff like this happens where it's like, hey, wait, there's this thing in one of the world's most populated countries Mm -hmm. that is untouched and exists in this very strange environment it's very cool and like you said magical almost it feels like a different world yeah yeah i love stuff like that anything that's within you know nature or history or whatever when there's like a new discovery of like humans think they know everything and then oh it's like oh a new sinkhole a new bone or something it's great yeah yeah it's always exciting yeah well our next story is something that was discovered and then lost and then rediscovered it was a a photo of a UFO that went missing for years. It's not just a photo of a UFO. It's it's the clearest photo of a UFO that's ever been taken. Uh, it was captured by some hikers in Calvin, Scotland in the 1990s or in 1990. And it's really a remarkable picture. And I guess to our listeners, if you haven't seen it, you should look it up because it's just this giant sort of like diamond shaped thing in the sky, yeah, 100 feet it- long. <laughs> It's like hard to describe it 
without yeah like in any term that's not obvious it it's a ufo right like it's a big it's it's ufo shaped it's metal mm-hmm. it's in the air very, very weird very clear photo whereas i feel like mostly every other ufo photo is just like very blurry it's like the classic bigfoot photo yeah but- this is clearly like something in the sky and the weird twist of the story is that these hikers who have never come forward another odd thing but they they took this picture and they gave it um, to a newspaper who gave it to like the Ministry of Defense. And then it just sort of vanished until this one guy decided to track it down and he eventually found it. Some like press officer had a copy of it in his possession. But they still don't like, no one knows what it is. Like yeah. some people are like, well, it's definitely a UFO. And some people are like, well, maybe it's a secret, top secret sort of object. Uh, we did a podcast earlier this year on the Roswell incident. And at the time, when it was when the, the military first gave an explanation, they're like, "Oh well, it was a like a weather balloon." And when I saw this picture, I was like, "I guess this could be like a giant weather balloon or something." But yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm I'm always like looking for the logical explanation when it comes to UFO stuff. But it is a very weird, very weird picture. Yeah, I've also I've admittedly never actually seen a weather balloon <laughs> right? as so someone I who's either. Re- as someone who's really into UFO stuff, I have never mm-hmm. even bothered looking up what a weather balloon looks like. Ah, so I should probably do it's where they that. Get you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that real quick and compare and contrast now. Yeah. I don't know. I <laughs> A weather balloon looks like a balloon. Okay. Like so it like doesn't. No, it's not like it's not a big metal disc. It is very right. much a balloon. That is not what is in the calvin photo (laughs) well i mean the the thing about even like roswell is like they said it was a weather balloon and then like much 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 later they're like oh actually it was like a secret project we just couldn't tell you what it was at the time so i kind of feel like it's yeah i'm always like well this is probably that some sort of like secret but no one no one has like claimed what it is or yeah oh i'm a full explanation oh yeah i see anything i'm like aliens 100 that's aliens (laughs) wow yeah, Someone I mean, could blatantly be like, they could tell me exactly what it is. They could be like, no, it's um this new piece of technology we were designing. I'd be like, shut up. No, it's not. It's aliens. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. So I'm like, well, it could probably, they're probably out there. But generally, I'm like, there's an explanation for things. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there probably is. But for me, the explanation is aliens. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be. I don't discount that. Uh, speaking of stuff from space, <laughs> yes. next story is about uh, paleontologists in North Dakota. They found the remains of a dinosaur that was killed by like the asteroid, the one that knocked yeah. them all out, which I, is amazing. crazy to think about. I don't even know where to go from there. It's just it's insane. They were yeah. from the University of Manchester. Uh, they were just looking at some fossils and they think that they died like in that impactful strike, mm-hmm. which is terrifying to think well, of like incredible they could pinpoint it yeah. yeah i mean he was saying like they found what they, they think they, they're looking at as like a dinosaur whose leg was somehow like ripped off and they're saying it wasn't a disease there's no bite marks it wasn't scavenged like something something hit this thing and yeah i guess i think it was like the right time period and this could be the this could be it yeah which like i never thought too much about what that would have actually been like like a giant asteroid mm-hmm. crashing into the earth. And like, in my head, it just looks like a big mushroom cloud. It's like a, like a nuke and then things are gone. And I'm like, no, I right. guess it, it would have hit things. Well, not only hit things, but cause such a massive 
explosion that just, you know, like sediment and rocks and everything was like flying through the air yeah. and the sun was blocked out and said very dramatic. Uh, yeah. Dramatic, probably painful. Probably painful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. like my idealized version of it growing up was always like it was just such a big event that it was instantaneous. And it's like mm. probably wasn't. Probably was no, not. It was probably sure very, it was like drawn out. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. And I think they I mean they were also it was also like a fairly well preserved fossil too, which is interesting in its own right, given mm-hmm. the circumstances. It is crazy things that people can find. Or how well fossils are preserved sometimes. You know, it's not like tiny little scraps of bone. Sometimes it's like whole things. Not always, but yeah. sometimes they find some pretty incredible discoveries. Yeah. And is it uh, is it confirmed? Did dinosaurs have feathers? Is that like a confirmed thing? Or is that just a theory that we have? I don't know. Because every time I go to a, a museum, I'm like, when are we updating these? But maybe I'm just, <laughs> maybe I'm just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start. <laughs> there's still a lot of questions about dinosaurs. And a lot of assumptions have been made. But we don't really know, like have all the answers right now. Yeah, I love dinosaurs. That was like <laughs> my thing as a kid. I was a dinosaur. Oh, kid. really? Do you have a favorite dinosaur? It was the um, it was probably pterodactyls. Oh, the flying ones, right? Yeah, yeah. They have like a you know a cast of one at the museum here, and every mm. time I walk in, it's just like up on the ceiling, just taking up all the space. Also, now I'm thinking about it in Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed. There was that pterodactyl monster, and I think that might have played into that some. Okay. I really liked those Scooby-Doo movies. <laughs> I watched the show, but I don't know if I ever saw the movies. Oh, you got to go but... back and watch. All right. That's, so that and the Goonies are now on your list of things you must it's watch. my assignment. Yeah. yeah. At, least, at least the first Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> That's the news for the year. It yeah. was a weird year. It was a very weird, was a weird year. year. I mean, it was such a weird year for so many reasons. But, you know, I think one thing, you know, we we do these roundups at API about like the top stories in addition to the podcast, like writing stuff. And it's always so interesting to see like what's happened. And I already said this once during the podcast, but one thing that always strikes me is just like, even in the realm of like history and archaeology, like new stuff happens. They made new discoveries about human history or dinosaurs or anything and right found like a new wall in ancient Rome. all that i love all that stuff so yeah a very exciting year for things like that obviously lots of bizarre stuff like elephants trampling people happened um but yeah yeah i think talking about history news is always such an interesting like paradoxical statement it's like yeah we do right. history news it's like how is it news it already happened right well we're, now we're just we're learning about it now we thought we knew what had happened yeah. but in fact yeah turns out we didn't but now we might now we might know but we're not sure and we probably won't know for some time yeah yeah it is it is fun it it is nice to to do these roundups though to take a look back and especially some of these stories i mean they're from like the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. like you said at the beginning we covered over 300 stories this year i forget half the things we've done in the past month and a half so yeah yeah but um Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this one, to all the other ones all year. You know, we're going to keep making yeah, these. Yeah, more exciting yeah. stuff to come in 2023. More history, more archaeology, more science. We got it all. So Maybe more dinosaurs and around. UFOs. Who knows? Definitely. Oh, definitely. Who knows? <laughs> Thank you for listening to our top news stories of the past year. 
check us out online on Instagram, Facebook. There's always news happening and we're we're always covering it. I'm Kalina Fraga and I'm Austin Harvey. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at allthatsinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.